Christ for the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A. said to his disciples do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have come not to abolish them but to complete them I tell you solemnly till heaven and earth disappear not one dot one little stroke shall disappear from the law until its purpose is achieved therefore the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. But the man who keeps them and teaches them will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, if your virtue goes no deeper than that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. You have learned how it was said to our ancestors, you must not kill. And if anyone does kill, he must answer for it before the court. But I say this to you, anyone who is angry with his brother will answer for it before the court. If a man calls his brother fool, he will answer for it before the Sanhedrin. And if a man calls him renegade, he will answer for it in hellfire. So then, if you are bringing your offering to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your offering there before the altar. Go and be reconciled with your brother first, and then come back and present your offering. Come to terms with your opponent in good time while you are still on the way to court with him, or he may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. I tell you solemnly, you will not get out till you have paid the last penny. You have learned how it was said, you must not commit adultery. But I say this to you, if a man looks at a woman lustfully, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If you're right I should cause you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it will do you less harm to lose one part of you than to have your whole body thrown into hell. And if your right hand should cause you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it will do you less harm to lose one part of you than to have your whole body go to hell. It has also been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a writ of dismissal. But I say this to you, everyone who divorces his wife, except for the case of fornication, makes her an adulteress and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have learned how it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but must fulfill your oath to the Lord. But I say this to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, since that's God's throne, or by the earth, since that is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, since that is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your own head either, since you cannot turn a single hair white or black. All you need say is yes, if you mean yes, 
No, if you mean no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. In Sir Walter Scott's Ivanhoe, the medieval knight from whom the novel is named praises the idea of chivalry to the book's heroine, Rebecca. Chivalry, according to Ivanhoe, is the stay of the oppressed, the redresser of grievances, the curb of the power of the tyrant. Chivalry was the code of honour observed by medieval knights and heroic figures like Robin Hood in the pursuit of righteousness and fair play. In today's broken world of lies, greed, injustices and unfairness, the virtuous, chivalrous knight would be mocked, especially by those who would rather put their trust in the shady side of life. Chivalry was a code governing many different aspects of knightly behaviour, mainly doing the right thing, whatever the cost, especially in their attitude to women, with Mary, help of Christians becoming one of their many patronesses. To some, the deep virtues that Jesus is advocating in today's excerpts from the Sermon on the Mount could be regarded as adopting a more chivalrous attitude. Jesus says, the law says this, but I say. Jesus might be seen by some as being unreasonable, not for today. Who could hope to be so noble except some ancient characters in a historical novel, a quixotic figure or someone who lives in Narnia with Aslan? This might be the case if we forget the way of Jesus is not a trial. We have a helper, a promised paraclete, and so we need not look to anywhere else for support other than the Holy Spirit. Tolerance, wisdom, courage, modesty, generosity, self-control and patience are all positive traits that are also graces from the Holy Spirit and are found within a person who trusts completely in Jesus. Jesus is teaching the true meaning of the law of Moses as one that requires constant interpretation for each generation. He's showing that they can be fulfilled today with anyone who chooses life over death. Jesus displays a way to live that works from the inside of a person, internalised, in the heart. Any chivalrous act is a real rather than just fake observance of a law to gain merit. Jesus, the new Moses, brings into discussion a chivalrous code that centres on the heart and focuses on true good intentions. Even if we get it wrong, acts of kindness and honesty that come from the heart rather than from the head means that pretending to be good isn't a trick, the, the sort of thing we've all seen, even in the highest places. The black prince in Ivanhoe was charged with false chivalry that saw an initial outward conduct that looked honourable, but in reality wasn't that at all. When the hidden motive of the evil knight was revealed, it could be seen clearly that this fake chivalry didn't come from a true heart. The deep virtue 
which Jesus decides to see in his disciples can be summed up by a law of love that is much greater than any code of chivalry. Love God with all your heart and your neighbour as yourself. This is virtue that goes deeper than anything else in our world. This is the greatest commandment. Spirit come down, let the 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 spirit
change my life around Let the Spirit come Spirit come down, I need to change my life around. 